It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Talking with Dan, it's been one year since the withdrawal of the United States from Afghanistan after 20 years of fighting the Taliban, fighting for freedom, and then uh, walked away. And Dan, you are in the middle of right now on the one year anniversary, getting people to safety out of Afghanistan who were left behind. Tell me about that and what's happening right now. That's right, Paul. We've got, uh, we actually have five families right now in the air on their way to permanent freedom in Brazil. Right now. Right now. Um, they took off this morning and they're on their way. Saying they took off this morning makes it sound like it was quick, but all five of these families have been in our pipeline for at least eight months. Uh, so it's taking you, you've been working on it for eight months underground and people are being tortured to try to give their positions up. In fact, didn't you tell me there was uh, one of the families, one of the children was tortured? Yeah, this was just two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago now. Um, one of the dads that we have in hiding because uh, the Taliban has had multiple unsuccessful um, capture operations that they run against him to try to get him. Um, he's in hiding, family's still at home because they have nowhere to go. Uh, he's got a wife and a small daughter. She's one years old. Taliban came uh, three weeks ago now for this, this operation. He wasn't there. He's in hiding. Uh, they, they beat the wife, um, try to give up his location. She wouldn't do it, um, no matter how much they beat her. They went next to their one-year-old daughter. And, and some of these stories are just unimaginable. Uh, but we, yeah. we have the photos from it uh, that they sent us yeah. out. So they, went to the, they went to the daughter. Um, with a AK-47 with the bayonet affixed to it, put it to the daughter's forehead and said, tell us where he's at. And she wanted to tell. And they sliced across the, the girl's forehead. She still wanted to tell. <laughs> they went and they heated up the iron in the house. And they said, tell us where, tell us where he's at. And she wanted to tell. And they went over and they burned her arm, the one-year-old girl's arm, to try to get mom to talk. And mom I saw the photo. I, I was... I absolutely was, uh, I, I just, it just, it wrecked me, man. When I saw that photo and I thought that precious little girl, um, and they wouldn't give up their dad. Uh, how do they, how does the Taliban know who these people are? How does the Taliban know in Afghanistan who the guys were, who helped us? Some of them still U S citizens who are on the ground still today, a year later in Afghanistan. Yeah, well, when they rolled in and they they took over everything, they took over every office, every file, every document that exists. So, if you really, we didn't destroy things when we left. Yeah, most wasn't destroyed. I mean, there's billions and billions of dollars of weapons and weapon systems, but beyond the weapons, the personnel files. So, just the HR office that has everybody's personnel folder, those are all just shelves on the wall. Line, uh, bookcases lined with everyone's certificates of achievement, commendations from the U.S., operational achievements, medals were awarded. All, all of, that. of that's in files. All of that was left in files. So all a Taliban person has to do, or a terrorist, yep. is go into the file, pull the files, and then they take those files and they just begin to hunt people. Yeah, absolutely. The, the easy solution is just give me the give me the fattest folders first, right? They have the most training certificates, the most accommodation. Give me the fattest folders first, and then they build target packages. And, and, and what's amazing and incredible about it, if you think about it, is since they control the country and they have that information now, 
they know where you live, they know where your house is, they go to your house, you're not at your house because you're hiding, so they talk to your neighbors, but they don't leave, they don't just go back, they have a neighborhood Taliban commander. Right. right. But you can't just come back once the once the Taliban have left. So where do you go hide? Who can you go hide with? And and realistically, how long can you hide? You don't have any money. How do you feed your kids? Yeah. I mean, wow. it, it's not just you, it's your family of five or six yeah. or eight. And we left we left these people behind. There was, it seemed, uh, and so now the Taliban is hunting American allies using American weapons and American technology. Absolutely. With foreign assistance. And and they're getting foreign money. And well, they're also getting foreign technical assistance, as in the the, the geeks in the van with the technical equipment to locate your phone. They're getting that help from our adversaries. They're getting that from other terrorist nations. Yes. Yeah, they're getting help. They're getting money, finances, whatever. And and at the same time, 20 million people in Afghanistan are starving to death. Yeah, the UN says it's the greatest humanitarian crisis in modern history, um, where half of the country, 20 million people, do not know where their next meal will come from. And usually when they get it, it's a piece of bread and some tea, a single piece of bread. It's the And you're getting people out, you, you, uh, you and your team, Dan, uh, and it's Spiro Worldwide. If somebody wants to see it, it's S-P-E-R-O, Sparrow worldwide.org and we'll put that in the show notes we're going to get this on right away and we're going to be a part of this uh, not only asking people to be a part of the freedom raffle the freedom raffle.org you're giving away a uh, tesla uh, not just a tesla a plaid this is, this is like like a, this is a rocket you're giving away a rocket it's a rocket. I, I drove rocket. all weekend this weekend. It's a rocket. It's so, 60 in 1.9 seconds. But that freedom raffle is actually going, those finances are going to actually get people out of Afghanistan that are our American allies. Absolutely. We, um, in, the, in the last, uh, this year alone, since February, we've moved 530 people out of Afghanistan. You've actually been able to get 530 people just this year. This is, this is, Long after most everybody's gone, everybody's gone, everybody's gone, and, and we're doing a big it. rush. There was a big rush and a lot of um, cooperative uh, cooperation uh, right after that August thirtieth final date. Yep. And of course, we have to, we have to, and, and everybody came together, and a lot of guys went in, and buses came out, and all kinds of stuff, and it happened for about a month. While there was a lot of turmoil and they could do that. And then as things begin to solidify, it's sort of like mud, you know, or a, uh, if you will, a landslide. And then everything's kind of moving. You can kind of get people out and then it solidifies. And once it gets solidified, that's when the really hard work began. That's when you guys stayed. Yeah, that's right. And it's actually, we entered once, once the Taliban started to assert control over the country, it entered an exponentially more difficult phase for evacuations. Yeah. So when we say 530, that's not a that's not one charter aircraft. It's no. individual families we have to get out. Um, individual families who are being hunted. And you're getting entire families out. These people are American allies. Some, are some of them still American citizens? Uh, we've, we've, we've just now gotten rid of our American citizens. We've gotten yeah. back to the States. Uh, we so had these a, are American allies. These are people who who put their lives on the line to help protect our troops, 
our men, our brave men and women who were there for 20 years. And, yeah. uh, and we have to mention uh, the bombing where 13 of our U.S. personnel uh, lost their lives protecting those who were coming, going to freedom. And then 170 Afghan people died also in that bombing at uh, Kabul airport. Yeah, the, the, I just think the, the imagery that we all that's burned into our mind from that of, of desperate Afghans hanging to U.S. Air Force aircraft yeah. uh, and then actually falling from the sky, um, it, it brings me back to 9-11, which was 20 years yeah. before. And that's when I joined the military, watching planes hit the, the, the World Trade Center. And then here we are 20 years later, and we're watching the people that we came to help falling from our own airplanes. And it's, it's, it's too much. It's too much. But they, but they were doing that because they knew what was coming. They knew what was coming. They knew they had to get out. They all knew. And I, I, as an American watching this, and I know there's a lot of uh, people listening to Brave Men podcast right now. And by the way, let me just mention, this is a special edition of the Brave Men podcast. And uh, with me is Dan and Dan is sharing with us, getting people out of Afghanistan, Afghan uh, American allies, people who were left behind uh, without regard to uh, their faith or their background or anything else other than these people helped us help protect uh, our troops, helped um, help try to keep their nation free. Absolutely. And so, um, so this is a special edition of Brave Men uh, podcast and the... Um, it is absolutely amazing to me. Now, now, Dan, this just didn't come on to you, like, because you were driving down the, the road there in Idaho, you know, and, and all of a sudden you go, hey, you know, I could do this. You were actually in Afghanistan. You're a special ops guy. You know what you're doing. You know your way around. Yeah, I, I lived there for a little over three years and then traveled back and forth regularly for two years. Um, and I ran a, a, a program for the government. Um, and in that time, I met a lot of really good people who uh, they believed in freedom, they believed in, in women's rights, they believed in equality, they believed in democracy. Um, that, that young generation that grew up became teenagers and young adults after 9-11. While we were nothing, there. Wow. Yeah, knew, knew nothing other than um, an elected government. And they, they believed that that was the, the best system of government um, where people were free to make their own choices. Wow. And overnight, the, the carpet is yanked out from under them. Um, and so, so I, I got involved uh, in August, got back involved in August when I saw what was happening and thinking what happened to my friends, you know, what happened to my colleagues, what happened to the guys who kept me alive? Um, it's been a number of years since I've been there. Can I get a hold of any of them? I don't know. I don't have any of their contact information. Everything's been scrubbed. Um, fortuitously, I was able to find an old phone number from one of the guys that was 10 years old and I thought, there's no way he still has this number. I, I taught him better than that. Called him on WhatsApp, um, and he he had actually, we went through a little bit of a process to, to yeah. verify who each other was, but we had some shared memories that that really sealed the deal. And it turned out he had been on an evacuation flight, um, and he was on his way to the U.S., and he said, and I said, well, you know, where's the other guys? And I started naming off different guys we worked with. Where are they? And some were on flights, some were not. And he stopped me, and he said, I need your help, my family. I said, your, your family's not with you? He said, no, they told me to go to the airport and they were going to get my family and they never went to get my family. And I said, well, you don't have a family. Did you get married? What, what happened? Because when I left, you were just a hardworking single guy. He says, no, I have a wife, 
and three daughters, and my wife's pregnant. And Jesus, about the same ages as mine as well. And yeah. so, so that really got us kickstarted. Was that process, and then we had a, a large international NGO reach out to us that we had bumped up against and asked us for help implementing uh, rescue operations in the country as well. So that blossomed last year into a, a safe house program where we were picking up at-risk families off the street, um, hiding them with other families in safe houses, um, feeding them, uh, moving them around as the Taliban was getting closer to them. And at one point, we had 42 safe houses and 292 people hidden um, amongst other families in these high-security safe houses and fed. Um, a uh, little over 120,000 meals in those safe houses. Wow. And all under the cover darkness, all under the Taliban's nose. And we had we had no compromises and we didn't lose anyone, uh, which is, uh, we were very... And that's just a God thing, man. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's just uh, God protecting those people. Sparrow Worldwide started by uh, getting helping people in Cambodia, relief efforts, Sparrow Worldwide. And then when this came up, it was a pivot and and it was initially let's just help people and then it was like wait a minute here's the need yeah these people need to get out and you you and your team have built a pipeline and you're moving people out and we're going to be a part of that uh, christian men's network and because many of the people are being settled in particular countries right yeah they are so what we started looking at and um really as early as september was that many of these families may not make it to the u.s yeah. We, don't, we don't have any influence over the U.S. immigration system. Uh, we don't control that at all. Um, but we do have these at-risk allies, um, extremely at-risk allies that need somewhere to go. Um, and we, so during that period of September through December, we visited 40, over 40 countries to try to find a country who would, who would take them. Wow. Will, you, will you accept people who have no connection whatsoever to your country, but are, are at-risk uh, from the Taliban at, under extreme risk. And, and we actually did, we found that in Brazil. Um, incredibly in Brazil. The, well, we have a huge network in Brazil. We're connecting. This is all happening in a sense in real time. Uh, since I found out about what your work was, Dan, from some mutual friends, uh, particularly from Big Gene. And so uh, it was like, I was, man, I got to get a hold of this, brother. We, I, we knew you as a young man. Uh, years ago at church and uh, watched you and your brothers grow up and uh, family. And so uh, now to see this kind of thing, knowing your background, knowing that this is real stuff, real things happening, having seen the the footage, having seen uh, pictures, you know, this is the real deal. And uh, I want to encourage everyone right now. Uh, first of all, one way to help right now is the freedom raffle, freedomraffle.org. And uh, giving away a Tesla, Tesla, in a sense, is a sidebar. It's just the, the thing to get us all moving. But to me, what moves me, I, I'll never forget somebody handing their baby over the barbed wire to a U.S. service person there at the Kabul airport during all of that turmoil. That's, that's imprinted in my mind as, as uh, strongly, if you will, as watching the, the Twin Towers on 9-11. Uh, that little baby, somebody so desperate, they were willing to stay behind, but that their baby, their little child would go to freedom. I mean, I, I, I don't know how I would be able to do that as a dad. 
and then uh, then to find out that our allies, some of them American citizens, uh, green card holding people, on and on and on and on, our allies are actually being hunted down. And that Taliban have found people, they have killed them. Uh, when we talk about at risk, we're talking about there are there are teams that the Taliban have said, okay, your job is to find these American allies and kill them. Yeah, absolutely. They 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 run very much like our our capture teams that we had um, during the war, but they are they're they're not going after a foreign enemy. They're going after our allies who are Afghans. Yeah. We're still there. And, and they run these 24 seven. They, they run them at night. They run operations and and there is no judicial system. You don't you don't get picked up by that team and then you go get tried and you get your prison sentence or whatnot. They get captured, they get tortured and then they get murdered and the families never see them again. And then what happens is we have a widow and we have fatherless children. Yeah. And, and that's what we're preventing. We're, we're, we're saving the family. We're not just saving the dad. We're saving the entire family, and we're giving them a new future. It's like uh, the man you mentioned. You you helped uh, save his family. And so what you're doing is you're not only bringing the – in most cases, is there's a father involved who's hiding, and you're getting his entire family out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And did the, the friend that I had mentioned, the former colleague that I had reached, uh, who was on the evacuation flight, that said, but what about my family? Right. Yeah. That's that's August 17th is when that was August 17th of last year. So we're a year and two days since then, his family, his wife, his uh, three children, uh, four children now, because his son was born in one of our safe yeah. houses, his four children, his parents, his brothers and sisters, they all departed on a flight today and they're going to land in Sao Paulo tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Come on, man. Really? Actually, they're in the air right now. They, That's uh, the end of that. That's the, oh my goodness, Dan, that is unbelievable, man. In real time, we're talking about this, you and me right now. I was, I was messaging at 4 a.m. Did they make the flight? Did they land? Have they, yeah, have they landed their connecting flight? Yes, they're on the plane. So you're actually having to purchase flights, purchase tickets, get people, keep them in safe houses, feed them. All of that, it's a, it's a remarkable operation, uh, Dan, that you're involved in. And uh, SparrowWorldwide.org, S-P-E-R-O, which is Latin. You yes. tell me this. Latin for hope. Yeah. And also, a little take on his eyes on the sparrow. Well, we're praying with you, and I know you as a, as a strong follower of Christ and, and believing that what's going to happen in these people's lives is to not only come to freedom, but they'll come to uh, a strong new life. Uh, we want to put them, you know, so we have 7,200 small groups across Brazil. The goal that we're going to try to do is, is connect those small groups with these people as they come in, help them with their resettlement and so forth. So that's what Christian Men's Network is doing. I'm excited about it. I want people to get involved in it. So if you're listening to this right now, uh, in the show notes will be spiroworldwide.org. You can go there and just make a straight donation to help Dan and his team and uh, the directors of Sparrow. And uh, who started this? Who is uh, Jennifer Cervantes. She's a um, immigration attorney here in Fredericksburg, Virginia. She wow. started Sparrow Worldwide when she was going to Cambodia and building orphanages. And that's wow. really what their their whole thing had been. And then come August of last year, 
she put in an announcement that said, I'm an immigration attorney. If you get family in Afghanistan trying to get out, I'll help. And an absolute line down the street in Fredericksburg, Virginia, at her law office, um, where she, fi she filed over, over 500 humanitarian parole applications for free for people trying to help their families get to the States. Um, so yeah, night and day, 24 hours a day, um, really for the last year is what this, what this operation is. I, I would say that we have so far gotten 530 people out, but we still in our list have 812 to go. Mm, okay. Well, we got to be honest, Dan. So we're going to do our part. I think if everybody does their part, uh, I think there are some people who, who can talk to friends, uh, organizations that have finances. That's a part of the big need that you have now is uh, you've got safe houses, you've got assets on the ground. You've got, it's amazing what you're doing. It's like a movie, man. It's like a mission impossible thing. And, you know, we've, we've had these, we've had these incidences that you can't explain any other way than God's provision. We, we had, we had two families, two very high risk families getting on the bus to leave Kabul. Uh, we had briefed them on where to sit, how to blend in, all the things they needed to know. Um, and bus is about to pull out of the uh, bus station in Kabul, uh, moving across the country. And this is, it's about to roll out and it, it, it gets stopped and boarded by four members of the Taliban. Wow. Taliban come on the bus, they're checking everyone's documents as they go down the bus, go down the row. Um, they get the, the lead Taliban member gets about halfway down the aisle and he, he looks at the end and he makes eye contact with, with our guys and recognizes them. He had worked with them before and now he was, now he was Taliban. He looked at one of our guys on one side, looked across the aisle, saw the other guy, and they all know each other. They know each other well. Yeah. Looks back at him, pauses for a few seconds, turns around to the other three Taliban members on the bus and says, everyone else is good. Let's hit the next bus. And they turn around and got off. And they rolled out of there. And of course, they had to go through 13 more checkpoints where they had their documents checked, but we had their documents taken care of. But... It was the guy who recognized him. And we don't know why he did it. Um, he didn't have to do it, and they were done. But we've, we've had instance after instance like that that you, you can't explain. No, no matter how good we are at what we do or, or how well we've thought it out, you get nose to nose with that, and it's only, it's only God's protection. God's protection. Thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to we're going to do our part, do as much as we can, uh, evacuation, resettlement of American allies, and then also – uh, you can also help feed people in Afghanistan on sparrowworldwide.org. You're getting food to 20 million people uh, who are uh, have no who are totally food insecure, right? Absolutely, no food security. They don't know where the next meal is coming from. There's no economy. Women aren't allowed to work. Teenage girls can't go to school. Wow. Women can't leave the house. It's it's completely imploded. Um, but there is a way. So we don't just have to be. Uh, sad and disappointed and finger pointing at what happened and why we can do something about it. And we are doing something about it, but we can't do it by ourselves. Yeah. The reality is here, here's where we are and let's just take care of it now. And let's get these other 800 people out that are at risk. 800 and is 832. Is that what you said? 812, but 812. they get pregnant and it grows. <laughs> so you're in a house for a year. Growing families. You know what you expect. Yeah. Well, 
So uh, I want to pray over you, Dan, pray over the Spiro worldwide. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Dan right now. I pray for these teams on the ground. I pray for people who are actually on airplanes right now flying to freedom in Brazil. I thank you, Father, for our country who will take them in. I thank you for the president of Brazil and the people involved in the government. But most of all, Father, right now, we pray protection over them. We pray your anointing, your presence. And for those who are left behind, Lord, we pray. May we do our part to help them find freedom and faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Dan, thanks for being with me today on a special edition of uh, Brave Men Podcast. Thank you, Paul. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.